0: It's The
1: Relevant Podcast It's episode 1021 and it's The Relevant Podcast Here in Orlando, I'm back, I'm your host Cameron Strang And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey Hello, hello From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner.
2: Hello, Ski.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, we just passed Thanksgiving. Uh, We are officially in the throes of Christmas. So that is why this entire episode, you guys will be hearing Christmas music and all the breaks this is how we kick it off every year Is uh, Finally, it's okay wow. to listen to Christmas music So we're going all in and, uh, and actually, listeners If you like the songs we're playing We have some Christmas playlists over on Spotify You can just search for Relevant Christmas And uh, we have a few of them over there So don't miss that But it's good to be back with you guys I missed you guys I missed the last couple of shows Because I was in Israel So I'm excited to be back And uh, also, don't do don't do great shows without me ever again, please.
3: Well, I wasn't, I wasn't here either. So I know people were holding down the fort without us.
4: Yeah. Well, I'm kind of confused. Was it was Jason. Were there other shows recorded and released while camera was gone? Because,
2: <laughs> <laughs> because he cannot
4: be talking about the ones we recorded
5: and, and released. I literally, you know,
4: Jesse, you know, my policy. If I I'm
5: do. not on
1: the show, I don't want to listen to it. Cause I don't want to know if it's way better without me or way worse oh. without me. Yeah. And, um, but Derek, mm. Derek like, hit me up like 12 times about the shows you guys did, that they were so great and so funny, top five ever, and just rubbed it in my face <laughs> that you guys had the best well, time without I, me and Jamie. So. I don't know.
4: Gosh, I'm sad I missed it. I, I mean, I'll say this. Things got deep. I mean, uh, passionate. Uh, controversial, yes. mainly because we yes. were trying to rank casual dining places like Olive Garden and Red Lobster <laughs> to determine if they're actually yes. money laundering yes. schemes because we can't figure oh. out who's going yes. there anymore. But yeah. uh, yes. it's the hard-hitting content people expect at the intersection of uh, faith and culture. So, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. you <laughs> know, while you were in the Holy Land, uh, you know, re-examining the origins of our faith at the most sacred time of the year. We were trying to determine yeah. how sanitary, how unsanitary is that people still throw peanuts on the ground at Texas Roadhouse. So we're both doing the Lord's yeah. work here.
1: I really thought post COVID, I thought post COVID that they would end that practice, but nope, it's still going strong. No, everybody just th- that, throw that their trash is on the floor. Why
2: you go to Texas Roadhouse? It's the only place you're allowed yeah. to throw trash on the floor like that. Make no mistake, that's why. If I go, that's the point. I don't really even care about the food. As much as I well, care about the throwing the shells on the adults floor. adults
3: are allowed to throw trash on the floor. Because let's be honest, our kids think every place is a place to throw trash on the floor. But yeah, yeah, adults.
2: Even even the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a small act. Of, it's a small act of adult rebellion that just feels good here.
4: Right. You clean this right. up, and it's just um, <laughs> you know, poor <laughs> yeah person on the wait staff who's got to sweep up a. It's like, it's like they're cleaning a you know a feed trough after. Yeah, after dinner. (laughs) The other thing, too, uh, it occurred to me, and I I feel like we did almost two entire episodes about this, so I'm not going to belabor it. Um, But I was thinking about the whole casual (laughs) dining thing post-pandemic it's been really great to be back out in the world for a while now going to restaurants and things, but aren't sneeze guards, the mask of the restaurant world? Like, are mm. they doing anything like it? it you know, that little, that little glass windshield over the buffet. I can stick my arm right in there and just scoop some macaroni. You're telling me that's keeping the germs. There's no way that's keeping germs out. It, it is. It is just peace of mind. It is a fabric mask.
3: Do you put your hand under there and get macaroni?
4: How, do, how else do you get it? Yeah, going corral.
2: Yeah, I'm listening. Jesse, Jesse, if you're eating at a buffet, Mm -hmm. the sneeze Mm -hmm. guard is the last thing that you're worried about. Like, you have already thrown caution to the wind. If you're eating at a buffet, like you've already thrown it to the wind.
1: Like I've told this story before, but I, I was at a Jason's deli, which has a salad bar yeah, and we were all sitting there Uh eating and, and looked at this lady who was doing a takeout canister on the salad bar. She was, she worked her way down, Uh filled it up to the brim, got to the pudding and we sat there and watched her. She took the spoon, slopped some pudding on her, on her plate, licked, the ladle no. Lick the spoon oh my put, it the pudding, lick the ladle, put it back in the thing more pudding Lick the ladle put it back in the thing some old lady Come yelled on. out at her Come on. like what are you doing and like and the lady looked like what like I do this I just want to taste the pudding so
4: like what in the world
2: caution is to the wind you are playing Russian roulette with yeah. your life. You playing with your, with your this health. This summer when like, we're on the
3: cruise, some of our friends came to have breakfast. They sat down. They're like, you guys, you're not going to believe what just happened. We're like, what? Like we're in the dining hall with 880 people. What could have happened? And they said they were getting some bacon and a woman's Band-Aid fell off her finger and landed in the bacon and she just walked off and left it there. Y'all, that is so
2: gross. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hold on! Whoa, whoa! Whoa! Talk about! Talk about! What? Because y'all know my thing about cruises. What cruise line uh-huh. is this? That was Royal
3: Caribbean. It does, you know.
2: No, so it doesn't even matter what cruise. I'm not going, Cameron. Cameron, I'm not going. No, Royal Caribbean <laughs> swiftly, no, Royal Caribbean swiftly went to that tray of bacon <laughs> and removed it <laughs> for the sanitary well-being. Reason 800,000, I'm not going on another cruise, dog. <laughs> I, I have
4: I have a hot, hot take right now. All right. I think in that scenario, the most ethical thing you can do is to leave the band-aid. And here's why. Okay? Because if you take the band-aid. If you remove it from, because at, at that once the band aid f- is removed from the finger and falls into the, the bin of bacon, the entire right. bin is contaminated. Right. I think we can right. all agree that's, on that. That's right? Incredible. Even Not just the one it touched, right. the entire bin is, is, 100%. is a biohazard. So. Yes. It's like
1: a rat dropping. For sure. Yeah, the whole thing's gone, yes. not just what touched the rat yes. dropping. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Now, Gotta if go. you pull the band aid out, okay. Then, you know, there is some time that it's going to take you to go find an employee to let them know there's been a contamination. OK, <laughs> someone could be taking the bacon there unless you have someone standing guard and saying there was a, this bacon's been contaminated. The bandaid's been removed then go get the employee. You, you see what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. The most, yeah. It, it, because, and then if you tell the, the, the employee could just remove the bake mm-hmm. remove the bandaid before mm-hmm. words spread yeah. around the buffet, <laughs> a, a bandaid was, was in on the bacon, bacon. <laughs> because if I'm, because if they're the, you could have like a pretty laissez faire empl- uh, bacon <laughs> attendant yeah. who's just like, I will remove the bandaid and the pieces of the bacon it touched. But yeah. other than no. that, it's fine. No, no. So what what I'm saying is leave ethically, the you leave, you leave the bandaid. So everyone sees and the people are, this is what I'm woman. saying. Am this is what I am I think saying. You're right. This
2: is what I am saying. This is the only thing I'm asking. If I go on a cruise, mm-hmm. is the only thing I can eat is a buffet, or no. Is it stuff no? That's there's, there's and that. There's really?
3: restaurants that cost money though.
2: No, no, no,
1: no. But there's a ton of restaurants that don't. There's the main food, the main banquet hall where they have a menu that you choose from and stuff. And that's included. That's they have a million options that are or, service oriented, non-buffet. A,
3: if you stay in a suite, you get to go to the special restaurant.
1: Okay, Right. And if you want right, Just man. walk up to the omelet bar They'll make it in front of you And hand it to you mm-hmm. I mean you don't have to like Be out there with the commoners You know <laughs>
2: There's a plenty of hey, options Hey y'all know I'm black and bougie <laughs> Like the Migos said It was bad and bougie Can we
1: just acknowledge That Jamie's experience Was in the suite Just FYI I'm just saying It was in the suite, you Jamie? suite. If you're gonna go
3: You're gonna go Like why I'm not staying in a room Without a window Where I feel like I'm in a A box Yeah no so, no So no. yeah
1: No I had a balcony I just didn't have the suite Jamie
2: so you got to go to the special place, and they had Band-Aid bacon at the special restaurant. No,
3: that was it. That was with the commoners. That Okay, was with, the commoners.
2: with the peasants. I would. I'm not. Put me, I'm put not me deep be, in the yeah. hole with the working man. No, I can't <laughs> be with the peasants. Bro. I want to
4: be. I want to be down by the boiler room with the working man. Okay, I want to hear the real stories. <laughs> the I want to be like an old pirate.
3: Speaking of like like germs and stuff, and I know we have an amazing show to get to. We've had a bunch of birthdays this past month, and it a I, I thought came to me that we're still gathering with strangers around a birthday cake and letting them blow all their germs on the cake. And then we're like, pass me a piece. I'd love to have some of your germs.
1: Nope. <laughs>
4: yeah, I thought, <laughs> haven't done I thought it that way end after COVID too. I have not
2: done that since, have not done it since 2015. Oh, we did just oh, the other day. I don't eat birthday cake. <laughs> I will serve it because my kids don't care. But I do not eat birthday cake because... Listen, it's a weird thing. I've seen some things. Yeah, it's a
3: weird thing. It's a weird I've thing. I've seen
2: some things. And yeah. I'm not. My, I'm gonna tell you what my wife did. She's so germaphobic. She put one little whack little candle on my son's birthday cake. And then she gonna put a plate behind the candle. <laughs> so when he blow, it try to catch some of the spit. But it's still, you know, it's just it's on the cake, y'all. Can't it's it. what it is. Birthday cake. Is, is a COVID ha- Matter of fact Where COVID started I They say Ooh, it was birthdays. Something in China I believe it was birthdays <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you Guys It was an 8 year old
4: I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let COVID steal my joy I, I'm, I'm welcoming I'm, I'm letting everybody Get a blow On that cake I'm, <laughs> I'm strengthening The immune system I don't I don't care I don't You know <laughs> I <laughs>
2: I've been feeling that Bye, baby
4: <laughs> Anything wow, goes wow. Anything
1: <laughs> Anything goes on your birthday cakes You don't care what's on top You're no. just gonna enjoy it
4: I don't I don't care hey, I'm man. Just, Guys I'm just saying look it's 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 a wild world out there You, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I, I'm I'm over the pandemic, you know. Like I'm not going to let it ruin all the birthday this feels fun. Like
3: an after hours conversation.
2: This is wrong. Yes, this is wrong. <laughs> I don't
4: know what you guys are talking
1: about. I'm just trying to celebrate. So store a few today, despite this inauspicious start. Uh, <laughs> In the name of Jesus, (laughs) we go move (laughs) on.
2: Just want to celebrate.
1: Drew Holcomb joins us later. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Also, we have your feedback at the end of the show. And uh, stay tuned right now. Downtown Emily Brown joins us for Relevant Buzz.
5: Shake,
0: shake, 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 shake.
5: from him the last thing I
4: need fits underneath a tree you
1: you're listening to sugar in the high lows the song is shake that gift well relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up, it's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Okay, it's time for
2: Relevant Buzz.
1: Please welcome to the show our very own editor, downtown Emily Brown, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. Are you home for the holidays right now?
0: Um, I am. I'm uh, staying at my aunt's house. She's visiting her kids, yeah. and so my parents are in the process of moving, so they're in a small apartment, so I have a nice house to myself this week. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's lovely. Um, It is fun. My aunt, I love her, but she does have the home decor of a southern christian woman so um it's been interesting vibes in the house
1: what does that mean what do you mean like bless this house type like like hobby lobby signs like what lots are you talking about lots of
0: like every corner there's a new cross um lots of <laughs> oh. fate, like you don't have freedom. to read your bible because it's just on the walls yeah right. there's like yeah. scripture on mirrors um she does Good about some for her. thanksgiving decor so there's a sign that says gobble till you wobble that one's fun.
4: Good. <laughs> good. I like her already. Let me ask you this, Emily. I'm going to ask about a couple. I'm going to ask about a couple okay. items. Gobble, see you wobble. Real I'm not throwing your hand on the bus, but I know I know this this type of, of decorator. Mm-hmm. Is there in probably the guest bathroom, but it could be in any, a little basket bes- beside the toilet with books, and one of those books is the Prayer of J-Bess. Yes or <laughs> no?
0: I don't think it's in the bathroom, but I do think it's in the living room.
4: No. Okay.
2: Okay. That's
0: table. a bathroom
2: I'll... book. So she got all this stuff. She got all this stuff from Hobby Lobby, right? Oh, easily. 100%. Yeah. Or
1: or okay. Mardell's Christian bookstore. Well, or well, listen,
2: I'm gonna tell you this. If she got it from Hobby Lobby, you probably need to do some exploring because she may have an artifact in there that's worth millions of dollars. <laughs> So, man, an, art- just, an artificial artifact, a
4: replica. Yeah.
1: Is this the Dead Sea
4: Scrolls? How many people right. over the course of the years have learned about expanding their territory because they just got a, you know <laughs> ate something bad and we really had some time to kill and <laughs> they had a good twelve minute reading. we <laughs> <session laughs> exploring the in reading the material. Yeah, like that Ooh, is
0: true. That's a good sign. I'm,
4: I'm claiming that territory. Um, how many? How many little shelves with precious moments? Can we ask that real quick? Um, precious moments. I think shelves? those are just
0: on the mantle place above the fire.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's got them in the prime position. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah.
0: you gotta see Wait, are there
1: scenes? Are there scenes being played out or are they just random
0: statues? I'd have to go check. I think there's like there's just multiple little things Does your aunt listen to, the, to, to the
3: relevant podcasts?
0: She's gonna think you're no, throwing her why under she? the bus. She's not okay. I don't know anything. if she knows what a podcast is. You yeah, says she, know she don't podcast. know
2: what a podcast is. <laughs> she's like, Emily, what do you do for a job? <laughs> She it, I'm on it. the radio.
4: <laughs> I'm on the radio,
0: Nancy. Are there any
4: blankets in the house? Oh, Are there God. any blankets in the house that oh, have so hand-woven many. Bible verses or scripture oh, yeah. references?
0: 100%. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's a quilter. So, I, um, I come from a family <laughs> so of quilters. Obviously. I do know how to quilt, actually. It's a hidden talent of mine. Preach
4: the gospel at all the times when necessary. <laughs> use a hand stitch quilt mm-hmm. with you know. extended Bible verses. Got it.
0: Yeah. Got it. The best is like just the random verses. How many
1: Kincaids? are in the house Thomas Kincaid paintings painter of light
4: give us a give, give us a Kincaid to non-Kincaid art ratio for the home I don't <laughs> she
1: think three she has one? a
0: Kincaid actually I
1: mean they are a little pricey I mean they don't sell them at Hobby Lobby
0: but I am looking at a picture of like literally right here is a picture of some fruit with the fruit of the spirit verse underneath it mm. oh yeah That's so yeah. I yeah. like that good
1: reminder for sure <laughs> so all right what's happening this what's happening this week Emily
0: um, okay yes not talking about my aunt anymore Um. okay this is actually sort of like a developing story but I think it's a really important one to talk about I maybe by the time this comes out some more things will happen but for right now um, Leticia Wright who is the star of the new Black Panther film hopefully you've seen it it's really great Um, she has been getting a lot of buzz for a potential win at the Oscars just for her role as Shuri in Wakanda Forever Um, but recently an article came out about titled how personal baggage will impact Oscar chances. And it listed a lot of different people in the industry who have had various sort of scandals, mostly accusations of abuse and sexual misconduct. Um, So there's people like Brad Pitt, Woody Allen, um, Roman Polanski. And then Letitia Wright was also named because two years ago, she made some pretty controversial comments about anti-vax fake news Um, and she called out the Hollywood reporter because she apologized when that happened and she addressed it has stayed silent since then moved on. And yet they are still, there's still people in the media that are bringing it up and trying to sort of paint her in this way. And she called them out and said that kind of
1: like the Chris Pratt stuff.
0: "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Yeah. And she just called them out and was like, that's not right. Like I've apologized. A lot of the other people on the list have barely acknowledged it and definitely not apologized. And so um it's an interesting you know part of cancel culture where you know people tried to cancel her but she did i i would say the right thing and she addressed it apologized and tried to move on but there is something about our culture that just keeps bringing this back up um And so I just think it's interesting that um, she decided not to stay silent about it. I don't think she needed to stay silent. I think it was good that she spoke up about it.
1: I agree. Yeah, it's tough to argue with the internet. Like when Chris Pratt got labeled, he just kind of like went away and let the narrative balloon. And, And now he's finally years later saying... Yeah, that what you know. Like, it's just tough. Like, if you if you act defensive, then they pounce even harder. So the natural inclination yep. is to just like take it, but then the narrative kind of like solidifies, and so it's like I'm glad she's pushing back and saying like, "Let me be me. Don't label me." You know. So good for her. Yeah, and
4: especially for look, I mean, <laughs> you know, she's she's an actress. It's not like she's running for political office here. Like she's she's entitled to have opinions about. You know, just like anyone, I, I guarantee you her opinions, even though they're probably unpopular among some segments, are the same type of opinions expressed during, you know, any sort of kind of political or social commentary. You're going to get ideas on kind of all sides of the spectrum. Let, let, just because someone happens to be in movies, I think they should be extended some degree of ideological grace, especially if especially if you're not saying anything like hateful or harmful. It's like, come on, you know, we can't expect every some every person who's labeled a celebrity to fall in perfect ideological alignment with whatever happens to be kind of the the most accepted viewpoint on every issue. It's like, come on, you know, let's not take away like the, the fact that she had an opinion at one point that some people maybe, maybe find unpopular um, doesn't, how does, how does that make any difference? Whether she be, should be awarded for a performance in a film that has nothing to do with that. Right. You know, like it, it's like, you know, not no other field. Does that really kind of apply, mm-hmm. you know, like if I was up for, you know, like if the hey, the small business of the year award was going to my local mechanic, but it's like, oh, but did you know at one time he questioned whether he should get a booster or not? It's like, give me a break. What does that have to do with him exactly. you know winning the small business mm-hmm. award? You know, like I think you know, let's have a little more grace with with people, you
2: know. Yeah, you I know? think this mm-hmm. is the problem with the capitalism of of media too, like in a sense, because these guys are just looking for clicks. Like, why would you bring something up? like i don't know if it's i'm not saying it's a problem because hey i I, obviously i'm a capitalist i'm a business owner entrepreneur whatever but it's like that's the problem with media in general as of right now it's like you have to have so much content that even if there's not any real controversy you kind of have to drum it up for some people not the relevant because relevant we you know what i'm saying that's (laughs) not what we do here just letting you know that. You know what yeah, I'm saying. We true. try to stay above. Yeah, unless board. you drop
4: a band aid in the bacon bin, then we're gonna have. <laughs> then we're going know, all in. Do the ethical thing and just leave the band. But yeah. I mean,
2: it's two that. years ago. All mm-hmm. of us were confused during COVID, and there were so many different narratives. Mm-hmm. But the 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 woman apologized, said she was sorry, did what she needed to do. She actually got vaccinated and delivered an amazing performance. So why in the world? Would we even make something like that be in jeopardy over a person that just was like, yo, I'm confused. I don't necessarily know what's going on. I think this these ideas might make a little sense. I'm exploring that. I think we have to, just as humans, have to start giving each other a chance to be able to think and evolve and grow and not do it in such a way that is so devastating. Like, yeah, you say something evil, something racist, something sexist or misogynistic. Say something that would, you know what I'm saying, would hurt someone. Then, yeah, I could I could understand that. But someone trying to figure out what to do with a vaccination for their body, they shouldn't be scrutinized, especially when they say, OK, yeah, maybe this what I posted may not have been, you know, uh, it may not have been a good opinion. So I'm taking that back and I'm correcting course. Like that's how we can ask from people. We're all human. Nobody's perfect.
0: And I yeah. think, um, you know, she even pointed that out that, you know, it was not fair for her anti-vax comment to be placed on the same level as someone who has these very mm-hmm. abusive allegations against exactly. them. Um, Cause like you said, you know, it's the, you know, the an anti-vax comment, that's really, if you're anti-vax, that's really only affecting yeah. you, you know, to an extent. Um, whereas like an Mm. abuse allegation, you've hurt someone else. And so it's like, you need to be like held. I don't know. It's she, she pointed it out and just said like, you know, this is really, she was very, I would say rightfully harsh with, um, the Hollywood reporter just saying this is very vile and very disgusting. And you could just tell she was upset too, because Clearly, you know, Wakanda Forever was such an important film for her. Um, it, it meant so much to be able to do that uh, kind of in memory of Chadwick Boseman. And so then for people to be bringing up these comments she made. She's also very young. I do want to clarify that. Too. You know, she was she was probably early 20s when mm. she said exactly. those comments. The amount of things I said in my early 20s. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that on the Internet. So Facts. It she deserves a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness. And I think it is important that... Um, you know, if someone apologizes and tries to correct things, we have Emily, to...
1: Emily, I screenshot our our staff chat because what you say sometimes is egregious. So. Yeah, he's staff. been texting mm. a lot of it to I, me. For, I have a special file. Know, that I can of-
4: have backed this up. <laughs> yeah, man, it's shocking. But
1: Emily, you said you made a great point, but I do want to clarify. You did say in passing that people who are anti-vax are only hurting themselves. I have a friend who is anti-vax and then spread COVID to 73 people. So, um, it, that is you know, that's point. that's a touchy thing to, you know what I'm saying? So, But you yeah, can spread anyway.
2: COVID with the vaccination. So you can't do, no, let's not know. do that one. Come on. I know, I know, I know,
1: I'm keep saying this. I just wanted, They're I don't like, want to, I didn't going. want that <laughs> statement in passing to inflame any listeners. I was just saying, I do want to acknowledge that, there's no yes. right or wrong there. It's all a risk. Okay.
2: Yeah. I w- I w- yeah, yeah, exactly. There's risk across the board. I, I'm the like, only one I here who has had COVID. So y'all You've never I'm the had expert. COVID? I haven't had COVID. It's awesome. Never had it. It traveled internationally. It just means you're lucky and you're uh itchy. No, that's I was driving means. to work
3: this morning, <laughs> listening to the daily, and they were talking about all the flu and everything that's going around. And then I was thinking to myself, yeah. do I know anyone that hasn't had COVID? And now I know. Cameron. I also have not what? had What? either has Jason awesome. or Emily. Wow. wow, I've had it twice. That's
2: awesome, Emily. How many kids you got? Zero. Jason,
3: zero.
2: There we go. All right, dude. Cameron, no, Cohen has Cameron's never, a had, it. Different. never it. had it. Cohen's never had it because look, Cohen, 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 is one of the coolest, cleanest kids I've ever seen. So <laughs> we're gonna just—he's an anomaly. <laughs> like, like I, I, I go to I go to uh, wait, Cameron's wait, house wait. and I'm like, you see Cohen's room and like every freaking action figure is in a perfect place and he has like these Lego things that he builds and he's just so Cohen's not even a kid he's 36 years old so you know <laughs> I'll tell you
4: this he's neater than me and I'm 39 and I regularly stick my head
2: under the sneeze guard
4: at Buffets. Right.
2: just to get in the <laughs> of, oh, well,
4: well, you got
2: Nolan it. and Zane perfect. at the house who's you know I mean if something's gooey your boys are gonna not, stick their fingers in it they're gonna stick their it. finger yeah. in it you know what I'm saying like they're yeah. uh-huh. those guys right it's like hey dad yeah. I found this thing what is it I have no clue oh this is COVID in gelatin form okay got it it, <laughs> it, it tastes it tastes like a gummy worm dad you should try it you know what I mean like this when you is have literally that, a petri dish with the
4: live right, virus right you know what I'm saying right? like, one so, taste so, so look one it, taste what
2: we see is unless you have a kid that's 36 in a 13 year old or you don't have no kids, then you're not gonna get COVID. That's that's pretty much what it is. You know so. what?
3: I totally am like I totally am a dork because there's six people in my family. I've had COVID twice, but I have one kid who's never had it. Mm. And so we've all had it, and one kid that never has. Mm.
1: They, there's studies coming He's out like now about human. these people who just have this like immunity to immunity. it naturally, uh-huh. and it's they're studying. Yep, yep. They're studying them. Like, what is it that their bodies did differently, you know? so They're going to survive uh, the zombie
2: knows. apocalypse. That's
3: you what it is. You can give your body to science, Cameron.
1: Hey, I will keep this podcast going through the the zombie apocalypse. You guys can count on me. We're just going to power through it. <laughs>
4: but, but but the other thing, too, to, to your point, Emily, and to Derek, what you're saying, that there is like a hard line where, where when you're saying something legitimately, you know, that that's hateful or, or you know, all those categories that Derek mentioned. But sometimes it's just like, look, I am just tired. Ty- it's just exhausting to be constantly worried about what I got to be outraged about, uh, uh, you know, I got to be outraged at. And it's like, look, man, people, I- I'm living my life. You guys are living your life. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's have a little bit of grace here and not have to police everything everybody's ever said Yeah just to manufacture some sort of controversy. Like, come on now. Like, because you, you you don't want to live your no one wants to live their life like that. You know, like and I'm talking about we're not just talking about celebrities. I'm talking about personal relationships too, family and friends.
2: Thanks. You know? yeah. I think
1: culture is having outrage fatigue right now. It was an intense couple of years. People mm-hmm. are ready to just can we celebrate mm-hmm. the holidays? Can we just not make everything, you know, we're all angry about everything all the time and, you know the pendulum swing where there's a balance in the middle, but I hope we stay fatigued. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else you have Emily?
0: Um, I do want to talk about, um, a new study that came out from Pew research. They pulled together this comprehensive report on religious Americans opinions on the intersection of faith and the environment in the U S and there are just two very interesting statistics that I want to talk about. Um, So people who identified as highly religious Americans, 92% said that they completely or mostly agree that God gave humans a duty to protect and care for the earth. 92%. That's a huge number. On the other side, 42% agreed that climate change is a serious problem. So I would like to know, why do we think that we need to take care of the earth, but we don't agree that there is like any issues going mm. on. Um,
1: I can tell you from dinner, uh, holiday conversations with my extended Fox News watching family <laughs> that <laughs> they, they do love God's earth, but they will cite the fact that there was an ice age and there was a this and uh, like uh, weather pattern reporting has only been a hundred years and we don't know if this is actually a natural up and down or whatever. They just refuse to acknowledge the Al Gore scenario that our Industrial Revolution and carbon emissions is changing the atmosphere. They, they're they like, we don't know what happened for millennia before we started tracking the weather. And so they just don't take it seriously. That's the difference. They aren't saying that it's not hot and that's not a bad tsunami and that's not a bad hurricane. They're saying, you know, it's a seesaw. The earth has always done this. And it'll course correct like it always has. That's what they say.
2: So. Do they believe that we had semi-trucks and factories during the ice age?
1: <laughs> they say there's other sources of hey, methane. There's other things. The earth always adapts. The earth always heals itself. and moves It's going to adapt by say.
2: killing the humans. That's what it's going to do. killed that. off the dinosaurs. I'm going, <laughs> exactly. you're talking Bro, you want <laughs> extinction? <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's this adapt. isn't a
1: good point of reference. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey. But they don't hear it, man. <laughs>
2: yeah. it's I
3: think, too, it's hard for people because it it's not right now. It's not here and now. Yeah. And so today we're fine. Tomorrow we'll be fine. Probably in our lifetime we'll be fine. But then you're talking mm. two generations, mm. yeah, you know, it's and faster then than it's that. a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's still like, it doesn't feel, I don't know, maybe just for me, it doesn't feel urgent. Like nothing is new in my world today that wasn't here yesterday as far as climate. Now I can see it and I have a brain and all the things, but I think that too is like, you're asking people to really, really care about something that is going to affect their grandkids. And I think that's hard for people.
4: Well, the, the the irony of it is like I grew up I you know, I can't speak for everyone here, but I grew up in an evangelical culture that really embraced like what they called Pascal's wager, which is, well, you might as well, you know, say the sinner's prayer because what if you're wrong? What what the stakes are eternal? Yeah, which is a terrible, terrible uh reason for you know dedicating your life in service of of the gospel of hey ju- you know this this just in case get out of jail free card but the, the same logic applies like the stakes of not doing anything are the destruction of humanity and an uninhabitable earth right like and and but like oh i did this if we just collectively all kind of clean up our consumption habits what, what's the downside? You know what I mean? Like t- to me, it just seems like, even if, even if you are skeptical of, you know, what is largely considered the scientific consensus, what's the downside of, of just trying to, you know, like I said, to have cleaner consumption and not being reliant on a finite resource like fossil fuels. Like to me, that seems like, are are do you just want to pollute the air out of? political principle now? You know what I mean? Like sometimes to
0: me it's like...
1: It makes no sense. Yeah. All right. What else you have, Emily?
0: Um, Last thing I want to talk about is um, there was a box office number that came in last week for the previous weekend that was really interesting and we really want to highlight it. Uh, The Chosen, which is a series about uh, Jesus and the life of his disciples. Um, It's a television series. They did a special theatrical release of their season three premiere. Um, The first two episodes, you could go see them in theaters. And it did incredibly well at the box office Um, it pulled in a little over eight million dollars which is very impressive Um, it wasn't at every theater but I believe it was I think it was around like two thousand theaters across the country um, But still, it pulled in that much money and it was the second highest grossing new movie for the weekend. So right. there was one movie called The Menu that beat it out. Um, It pulled in $9 million. So it was very close that it was almost the number one new movie for the weekend. Um, And it did beat out other new movies. So it's just really impressive that this... Special event of a faith television series that's actually not even on a major streaming channel. You can only watch it on the Angel Studios app, which is no, the, no, no. Um, and Apple TV it. and Roku. Uh, they I were think able it's to- on Amazon now. Yeah,
1: and Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Amazon? Amazon? yeah. You can
3: watch on Amazon now. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's free everywhere. Well, it's, it's available for free. Never under never underestimate the power of. Emily's uh, aunt and her church friends buying a whole bunch of tickets to go out and make a statement
0: at the theater. <laughs> oh, I'm almost positive she went and saw it. Absolutely, I wanted to go see it. I just
3: couldn't fit it in, but I really wanted to go see it. And this, I'm really excited for them. This yeah. makes me feel like proud of mm-hmm. this whole thing that they're doing over there at The Chosen. It's great.
1: Yeah, Chosen is them. very well done Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Emily. Very well done. There's a lot Mm -hmm. more that's happening at the intersection of faith, culture, justice, life. We're covering it every day at relevantmagazine.com. Make it part of your web browsing habit. All right. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay tuned up next. Drew Holcomb joins us. Slide
2: up in the room like I was Shannon. what? My bad, just excuse my country grandma Brother pulled up in a Charger, but he drive it like a phantom Grateful Sh- on my bag, and yeah, inside I got the cannon, but not that type of Christmas cannon and it sticks with all my folks. Gather around the fire, cause it's cold, 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 cold. Grandma making magic on the stove celebrate the land a heat to go yeah billy christmas in the sticks with Look. all my folks. christmas
4: eve and i'm trying
3: to get the treat late. trying to sleep but the devil trying to sneak this Told my baby that i need that, and i need this
1: you're listening to no big deal the song is christmas in the sticks well today's guest is drew holcomb his band drew holcomb and the neighbors have just dropped some new music including a single about gratitude how fitting considering thanksgiving This last week, he sat down with Emily to share what he's been up to since we last caught up with him and why it's important to focus on expressing gratitude to others now instead of later. Here's our conversation with Drew Holcomb.
0: Well, I am really glad to speak with you um, about your new song, Gratitude. Um, It's a wonderful song, by the way. Thank Um, you very much. I would love to know what was the story or inspiration behind it?
5: Yeah. um, So I wrote the song with my friend, Catch Secor, from Old Crow Medicine Show. And we it was right around this time last year, maybe the week before Thanksgiving week. And we saw each other in line, dropping our kids off at school, and said, "What's what are you doing tomorrow? You wanna to write a song? You know, It's like, it's kinda how Nashville works sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And I keep a journal of uh, sort of key words or phrases of things that I wanted to write about. And for me, gratitude in general has been sort of a working state of mind. Um, that I adopted in 2017 I came out of a really bad hospitalization that set me back in terms of just my point of view, and um, 2017, that was Christmas of 2016, so coming out of it 2017, I just had a really hard, hard year. And I was on the road, and I had, um, first time I ever had a panic attack, and which was strange for me, because I'm usually a pretty, like, well-ordered individual. Um, Anyways, gratitude was like the way I sort of fought through that. I literally had to wake up every day and sort of meditate, pray, list through however however people want to use that terminology, but the things I was grateful for, you know. And um, so I was telling Catch a little bit about that backstory and because gratitude was a word that I had on this journal that we were looking for like song ideas. And he's like, man, I just love that. Let's write a song called Gratitude. So uh, we started with the chorus and had this big sort of you know, beautiful, melodramatic chorus and then built the verses about sort of these old photographic, uh, I don't know, visions, you know, light in the morning, coffee in my mm-hmm. cup, etc. Um, and then the pre-chorus was sort of meant to bring some uh, sort of a sea change to that, like, you know, these things aren't a given, uh, just a reminder that things can be taken away and there's that line too in the second verse all that gets taken and all that remains just wanting to like be honest about the fact that some of the things that you can be really grateful for can also be taken away from you and um sometimes it makes them even more meaningful um when they're gone but yeah that's sort of where the song came from and i immediately started playing it out and uh got just a great response i think vocally it's a new spot spot for me to sort of I've never I didn't really think of myself as a singer until probably seven or eight years ago, even though I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And I really leaned into getting better at, it, at becoming a singer, not just a songwriter. And really loved where the song sort of allowed me to challenge myself and sort of you know go to go to some places that I would have been afraid to go to earlier. Family singing in the kitchen, family, running through the yard, family, going on vacation. Family on the credit
0: card. What are the ways that you practice gratitude daily now?
5: Uh, deep breaths, uh, <laughs> try to go on a daily walk of some sort. Try to, when 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 my day gets chaotic or when curveballs come, try to have a little bit of humor at it instead of being overwhelmed. You know, because life is busy and there's deadlines and there's financial stress. and. Um, they have three children, so there's always like, there's always curveballs. And so I just try to, like learning to, to laugh, <laughs> you know, in the midst of them, that helps me find gratitude. Um, and then I think just people in general, surrounding myself with people that, that I love and that um, bring out the best in myself and then hopefully I bring out the best in them. I think those are sort of active ways that I try to practice gratitude. Take a few chances. You worthy romance, go swimming
1: in the ocean on New Year's Day. Don't listen
5: to the critics stand up and back.
0: How do you feel like you have changed over the course of your career? Like since you're beginning to where you are now.
5: Um Wow, so much has changed. Uh stayed up and talked till the I mean, like the earlier when i first started out i was i had this sort of stern memphis style contrarianism of like i'm not gonna be like anybody else i'm gonna do my own thing and um mm-hmm. i don't want to sound like anybody else and nashville's terrible and i don't want to move there and, um uh, and there was also that attitude in the studio was like hey you know whatever it was is what it is and now i realize like well i actually can work on it and make it better you know there's a reason they call it it, it practice, you know, it's like you want to get better at something, and so I think I've just. And then my songwriting is just eight. I mean, as I as you get older, your perspective changes. I feel like that's sort of the older you get, the less you know. Um, and I love that. I feel more at peace with myself and the world than I ever did as a 24 year old. Now, if, if I had had that perspective as a 24 year old, I may not have had the ambition and mm. the gumption to give this thing a try so i'm grateful for all of those seasons because they're also they're all different and so you know I'm, I'm kind of um uh all of that change and evolution over 20 years of making music is i'm grateful for it because uh, it, it I, I wouldn't you wouldn't have one without the other i think is sure what i'm what i'm getting at but um and then the practice so many practical changes i mean when i started it was, it was still the cd era you know the one i didn't it was Napster it just started you know so mm. um, went through the transition from the CD era to the download era from the download era to the streaming era, era and then the middle of this the vinyl sort of resurgence and just the way that people consume music has changed so much over my career but at the end of the day people still come back to songs and well executed recordings of good songs can you know um, stand the test of time and stand the test of Sort of consu- consumption changes in the in, in in the sort of marketplace but uh at, the, at its core i think the main thing that hasn't changed for me is the love of the song mm. and that'll always be my sort of creative guiding force is trying to write great songs that move people and and help people make sense of their uh, of their of their days and um yeah, that's what music always was for me, and that's what I want it to continue to be as I'm continue to make it.
2: your soul,
5: the your
1: That was Drew Holcomb. Make sure to check out their new music wherever you stream.
0: It's a marshmallow world in the winter When the snow comes to cover the ground
5: It's the time for play It's a whipping day I wait for all year round Those
4: marshmallow clouds being friendly In the arms of the evergreen trees like
1: a pumpkin. You're listening to The Lone Bellow The song is Marshmallow World Now I mentioned it at the beginning of the show But all of these songs are part of The Very Relevant Christmas Playlist on Spotify We do a different kind of thing Every year and this year We went all out The Very Relevant Christmas Playlist is 325 hand-selected songs, indie artists, Christian artists, some uh, some R&B. It's amazing stuff. No Mariah Carey. And none of the classics. Now, hey time and place for classics i love me the classics i love me the frank sinatra's and stuff like that but this playlist is stuff that's you probably haven't heard it's a great shuffle to just put on in the background or put on while you're driving around this holiday season a very relevant christmas on spotify
5: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day
1: because we're recording this podcast right before thanksgiving we're a little short on time so we're just gonna have to cut it if you want to check out all the answers to last week's question of the week which was um if you could see netflix give 100 million dollars to any project what would it be and why there were a lot of replies just look at all the mentions over at the relevant podcast twitter account um couple updates. Make sure you head over to relevantmagazine.com every day to check out all of our exciting new content. We're publishing 10 to 15 items a day covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice. Uh, you can also click on the magazine tab right there at the site to see our fall digital issue featuring conversations with Dayglow, Regina Hall, and T. Wright, MIA, and many more. Um, Also, follow us over on Instagram or at Relevant Magazine. Twitter or at Relevant and Facebook Relevant uh, to make sure you don't miss out on anything we're putting out. We're doing a lot. Also, hey, if you're still listening, you might like the show. If you like the show, Tell people about it. Uh, share the content. We'll be putting video clips up on IG uh, and on Reels and on TikTok and stuff. Uh, we kicking that up here uh, next week, I think. And uh, if you share it on your stories and rate it and review it wherever you listen, um, it helps the algorithm and we love seeing the feedback. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone.
4: I want to be down by the boiler room with the working man, okay? Relevant Podcast Network.